A young woman meets a sailor and falls in love. They marry. The marriage fails quickly. She meets another sailor and again falls in love. They cannot marry as she is not yet divorced. She moves to live with her future in-laws whilst her sailor is away at sea. They get along famously, so much so that when the future in-laws suggest a day out hiking and seeing the sights around the Californian coastal area of Big Sur, she agrees with enthusiasm. By the end of that day, the 2nd of April 1987, the young woman would lay dead at the bottom of those magnificent cliffs. It was thought of as a tragic accident at the time. She simply lost her footing on the uneven surface after straying too close to the edge and fell to her death on the rocks below the cliffs. It eventually turned out that this was the fourth suspicious death associated with her future in-laws, specifically her future mother-in-law. At least three of the victims had been insured, with the beneficiary being the future mother-in-law. This is the murder of Deanna Wilde, and this is Murder Me on Monday. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Murder Me Monday podcast. I'm Cameron, and joined with me is Mother. Hello! So we're recording earlier than usual, so again if I'm groggy that explains it. I'm usually groggy. We did one last week because of the football. We lost anyway, so it turns out it didn't matter. And this week, it's hot and sunny. So be grateful that I'm stuck in my little pod cave recording a podcast for you guys. And Mother, at the start of it, during the read, the way it was described, I thought she was the murderer because she's gone from sailor to sailor. And But no, she got pushed off a cliff. So tell us what happens. Right. So there's a lot of names in this one. It could get really confusing. So I'll try and just keep it easy by only using the first names. No one's going to follow it otherwise, let alone you, Cameron. And do they share any first names? No, they don't. But there's abbreviations as well. So they've got nicknames. Are you sure? Because last time we've had like Bob and Bob. But they've been a different Bob and I've gotten confused. I, that was, yeah, that's true. I think, no, I, I, don't... Think, I think that was the last one. It was like Lee or something, wasn't it? The The brother of the person that was killed frank and franklin i think yeah yeah frank that was it frank, yeah frank it was like and franklin, the, the brother yeah. of someone that got killed and then also yeah. their name but when, you, when, you, when you're doing it I, I i had little pictures of people in my head like running a film yeah so it, i can attach names yeah, to those that's what i do but then again like, you've got the script as well so it's easier for you to see but with me i have a i have a, a name but when the name's the same it's the same image that appears so it's kind of hard it's kind of yeah. hard to tell no i don't think we've got that one with this one um we've got multiple marriages so the, the, all the reports, they take one name and then tack another one on for the woman. So some reports use one name. Some There's even different spellings of the surname and even different spellings of the victim's first name. The number of marriages even change from starting to read an article to getting to the bottom of an article. Is that just poor reporting or, I, or is it just... It was, it was literally the, one of the worst... Ca- it, this is a really big case. You would know, well, a, a lot of listeners will actually know this case by its, its primary title. There's been films, there's been books. I even went back on the Wayback Machine to try and actually get hold of the court transcripts, but I couldn't get my hands on those. And it just seems to be if somebody makes a mistake, when somebody else writes an article on it, they just repeat the they same mistake. with that same mistake. mistake. Yeah, yeah, and then it, that gets transported. You've got to go right back to the cleanest level of information. And it was it was an actual migraine-inducing trip to actually find this one. Because I'm sat there thinking, I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure that's not true. And the further I got for... Oh, no, back again. You just sort of gaslight yourself into thinking, yeah. shit, am I wrong? Or is there everything else? Yeah. Yeah. So, 
This murderous mother-in-law, she actually seems to use her second husband name more than all the others. She was married three times at least. Some places it says four, but there we go. I'll stick to her first name. Same as the poor final victim. She's got a mouthful of names too. So let's start with her first. Deanna Jaylin Hubbard Wild. She was born Hubbard. The Wild came from a husband that she wasn't yet divorced from. She was born the 8th of March 1967 in Louisville, Kentucky. In 1985 at 19, she married a sailor and moved to San Diego. And a quick check for those not up on the geographics of the area. That's astonishing 2,000 miles away from a hometown of Louisville. Now, this sailor husband was often away at sea. It's, it's usual. She was lonely and she didn't seem to have any friends. She somehow met another sailor called James. Interesting, his mother and stepfather were from the same hometown as Deanna and they, they all seem to have clicked. Is that uncommon though? If, you, if there's uh, small towns, like satellite towns around a larger town? 2,000 miles away is a blooming long way to actually... It, it, yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking if, because it's in America and you're in the middle of buttfuck nowhere and they're the only places you can kind of go... That kind of makes sense. Do you know what I mean? By, by when I say satellite towns, just because of the size of America, you probably still get that from like 2,000 miles away. Well, yeah, it could. I mean, I knew San Diego was a big, big sailor, um, big naval area. It's got a yeah. big naval base. The stories go that Deanna either was or wasn't in a relationship and either was or wasn't engaged to this James. Oh, I'm not sure if it's illegal or really frowned upon. Where if you're if you're also part of like like the military or in the services and you yes and like you have an affair or whatever with yes. another member of the services wife you get put in the bin don't you you get like some sort of punishment yeah so this is possibly entirely why this isn't corroborated but in the end James what well, he must have been booted out because in in the end of all of this James very definitely wasn't in the navy at this point the second dude yeah the second cool. the second dude that may or may not have been a fiance. But Deanna did end up moving in with his mother and his stepfather in 1986. So that's only like a, a year after she'd gotten married and moved. I'll refer to the mother and the stepfather from now on as Virginia and Bill to keep it easier to follow. OK, on April the 1st, 1987, Virginia and Bill accompanied Deanna to an insurance company to apply for a life insurance policy of thirty five thousand dollars which is about $82,000 or roughly £60,000 in today's money. James Coates, this is the maybe boyfriend, the son of Virginia, was the primary beneficiary of that insurance policy and Virginia and Bill were the secondary. Now, why she would actually do that, why she would make him the payee, that's never explained in anywhere that I, I can find, but there, there are ob other observations we'll get into. Now, the following day from that, Deanna, Virginia and Bill went out to lunch and then they stopped at these cliffs overlooking a place called Seal Beach at Big Sur. Now, there's a, a big parking area for visitors and it's not a secluded location. It can be easily seen by anybody that's driving on the, on the motorway or the highway behind it. Now, apparently, the three of them were taking photo, photographs of the beautiful view when suddenly... And silently, and that's a direct quote, Deanna disappeared. I wonder where she went. Maybe over the big fucking cliff that's right there. With a mother that's prone to doing this, apparently. Well, the father-in-law, Bill, is very highly implicated in this. Apparently, he, he said he could see her shoes on the edge of the cliff. For fuck's sake. 
have you seen those it's, it's, it's the sort of old they existed on youtube very differently when it was just more of a clips or funny videos that got loaded to youtube where people do something like skateboarding and they fall off and hit a lamppost and their shoes fall off or people do something get into an accident and their shoes come off and for some reason i just find that really funny because they'll like just slap into a pole and then just there's these shoes left and that's all i'm in, that's all i'm picturing with this this poor woman's been pushed off a cliff and she got pushed so hard that her shoes stayed put and she's sort of flung out, of, flung out of her Crocs. Yeah. And they're just left there on the side of a cliff. It was, I, that was the first what the hell moment when I heard that one. You know, why would the shoes be left on the cliff? But unless she'd been forcibly shoved. Or you take, I don't know, because if you've been forcibly shoved, I don't think your shoes are just going to remain. I think that's more so if you jump, that your shoes would, I don't know, you might want to leave your shoes. Why would you take them off in the first place? That's just something weird to be left behind. Yeah, exactly. So, Virginia apparently hurried to a, a local store. So, I'm assuming, you know, there's just one round the corner to catch the tourists to report the incident. And now the, the uh, shop assistant called the police and they drove Virginia back to the site of where Deanna seems to have vanished over this cliff. And she'd fallen 500 foot to her death. Now, the... County Sheriff's rescuers described Virginia and Bill afterwards, uh, their reaction to the fall. They said they were very calm. They didn't cry. They didn't seem in shock. They were just, you know, you know she's gone. Let's get into Virginia and Bill. Um, Bill was often called BJ, but we'll stick to Bill. So Virginia, we know a lot more about her than we know about him. She was born in January 1937 in Ithaca, New York. She grew up in abject poverty. US, the USA was still in the grip of the Great Depression after the stock market crash of 1929. There is mention of sexual abuse, but it's impossible to verify, obviously. 1953, when Virginia was 16, her parents' barn burns down. She was suspected of arson, but there was no proof. 1964, she marries a guy by the name of, surname of Coates. They move in with his parents. She seemingly gets sticky fingers. All sorts of little things start going missing. And they're thrown out. And they go to live with her parents instead. 1958, two children later. She's having affairs left, right and centre. And there's more incidents of sticky fingers. Apparently as well, as well they, I think they've been thrown out of her parents' house by that point because they're in a rented house. And that house goes on fire. She's suspected again, but there's no proof. 1959, there are forged check charges. I thought you could say another fire. I'm like, okay. Uh, wait. This is too... Oh, this, okay, there's going to be one, yeah. apparently. Okay. Well, this, this, 1959, forged check charges. She was convicted, but she got probation for so that she one. she burnt the bank down. I wouldn't put it past her, and to be truthful, there's more fires to come. It, this reminds me of the gavel goat or the gavel goat thing from Sweden, that tradition where they, they sort of have this extremely flammable looking goat as like a centerpiece thing. I was like, you know, like, it's not like Guy Fawkes Night because that sounds like explosions, but you know what I mean? Where people sort of go there to celebrate something yeah. and surely it meant something at the time. I'm not going to read into it. Like, no, it's not that interesting, but it's just fucking always set on fire. It's I've heard about this, yeah. It isn't intentionally supposed to be on fire, but it's just constantly set on fire and people come from like all over the world to watch this event, to see this goat and it's like, is it going to get set on fire? And it definitely does. And when she goes to a bank, is it going to be set on fire? Nobody knows. Yeah, not with her, anyway. We said there's going to be more, so definitely going to be more yeah. fires. And is this the tale of the mother-in-law's past? Yes. Okay. This is all about the mother-in-law. We, we know far more about her than anybody else. Virginia. That makes sense, because she's the pusher. Yeah. So. Well, 
she may not have been on this incident, but she's she's certainly behind it all. So, as I said, we've got 1961. We've got this house that catches fire. You've got all the bouncing around on the living uh, arrangements between backwards and forwards from her parents. And I don't think they were ever allowed to go back to his parents. And there was a lot of rented houses. They don't want their fucking house to burn down. All the stuff to go missing. I don't blame them. So between 1961 and 1969, there is very probably a separation from this Mr. Coach chap, the first husband. But in 1969, a daughter is born, Cynthia. 1971 comes about and there's a divorce. And no one is sure if her husband is the father of the daughter. But Virginia remarries. She then goes on to have... She has two more children... And a new husband, coincidentally, is actually a sailor too, also has three. So, 1972, they all move to Louisville, Kentucky. The baby Cynthia, who is now three, is found hanging in a barn. It's ruled an accident, but there were suspicions. Kids can get themselves into really stupid scrapes. I've seen numerous reports where children have hung themselves with using their bathrobe, um, tying it on the top thing of a bunk bed babies die from tying themselves up in uh cot bumpers and blind cords but a three-year-old in a barn a barn at least from what i remember usually very big quite yeah. tall structures usually to get higher i mean because you haven't given the details away you don't know what it is i'm picturing literally something someone like hanging from gallows in the middle of a barn almost like you'd see like a movie or a tv series right but it's probably not that sinister could be they've just got something caught on a hook or something gone past they're falling down and just panicked because they're a kid and they've just choked to death yeah i mean it's 1972 there are no records and again as i said at the time it was ruled an accident I would have thought in a barn, you you think bales of straw, the kid would have fallen off a bale of straw, more likely fractured its skull, but it was it was found hanging, this child. But it's the first time that Virginia gets an insurance payout. And she goes, hang on, it's a lot of money from this. Well, there was never massive amounts of money coming from it. That's the silly part. But You, you say that, but what was the cost of like to live in the area? Because yeah. 60 grand in that, in that area at the time or whatever. Okay, so even then you say maybe back then five grand, that's still... A huge sum of money to just be chucked in. You don't know what debts they've got, any like gambling, weird stuff, any substance abuse at the time. Yeah, it, it made me wonder when I read that if the other children were insured as well. And they ought to have been afraid if they were. But anyway, so September the 8th, 1974, Virginia's second husband. He's a guy called, I haven't given you his name, but he's a guy called Sylvester Reardon. He's 36. He dies in Louisville, Kentucky. Now, although he died from cancer... Many speculate that Virginia actually speeded the process up a bit, shall we say? She insisted on nursing him at home. She actually claimed she was fully qualified to do so. Obviously, she wasn't. The most she had ever done was worked at a hospital, but no one challenged her on this, and it's highly likely that he was actually her second husband. There's more insurance collected, money collected on him. But the thing what bothered me... And it's never revealed. I couldn't find it anywhere. He had three children. Where did they go? Who did they end up with? Was the mother? I don't know. Probably it's, the mother at this point. Well, she, something could have happened to her. I don't know. But unfortunately, those three children are gone. But there doesn't. there's no indication that anything bad happened to them. Going on in time a little bit further. April the 14th, 1984. Virginia mal- marries Billy Joe, a.k.a. BJ, or Bill. Can we not call him BJ, please? Yeah, no, I didn't like that one. Um, he's uh, Mike McGuinness. 
his name was. Sometimes he was called Mike, and I, I just I didn't get that one. It was only ever used in one place. Um, and this was his fifth marriage, and obviously Virginia's third. So skip forward um, just over a year. They're living in a house in Palo Alto in California. And Virginia and her mother, her mother's moved in. No idea where the husband, BJ, or Virginia's children are. Stop calling him BJ. Sorry, Bill. Um, This house catches fire. Surprise, surprise. And the insurance company decides to rebuild it rather than paying out a claim. Does it burn down again? Uh, Yeah. Oh, you've got Sparky Magoo over here just setting fires everywhere. What? Charmander just setting shit ablaze all the time. Stop it. Stop giving her flammable materials. Clearly, she's starting fires constantly. Well, the, 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 what what I, I read was that the insurance company wanted to rebuild it because it was only going to cost them $85,000 to rebuild it. It literally went back up a couple of days after the original fire. And there's nothing left. It's literally to fix up. like that the the gavla goat thing. It's just yeah. constantly on fire. Yeah. Now, if I remember rightly, from what I I seen some of the films and the documentaries, the claim at the time was that the fire department didn't put the braze out properly, and the embers were left smouldering. Nothing could be proven again. So wait, say that again. That the, the fire department, when they went to the first blaze and they put put the fire out. They didn't put it out properly, and there were embers left that were still. And they subsequently re. Are, are they trying to say that the first fire they put out and they built a whole ha- whole ass house on top of it got set on fire again by the first house? No, they didn't. It was a couple of days after. It was literally no, still. No, yeah, I, I know because the house can be very quick to put up like that. But is that what they're trying to say that the first house wasn't put out properly and then yes. it set? Okay. Yep. So obviously the fire inspectors suspect arson, but the insurance company pays out this one. Now it would have cost them eighty-five thousand to rebuild it. It cost them one hundred twenty-two thousand two hundred fifty-five dollars to actually pay it out. So they got an extra forty odd grand. Nineteen eighty-six, Virginia's mother, who was a lady called Mary Agnes Hoffman, she died of a heart attack, but it was suspicious circumstances. But again, nothing could be proved. And Virginia collects more insurance money. Now, going back to what happened to poor Deanna when she went off over this cliff. Deanna's mother, again, I won't give you her name because it's a different to Deanna's surnames as well. She attempted to claim $2,500 from her own insurance company to cover the funeral expenses. That's not a lot of money, yeah? Is that common? I imagine it would be because funerals are fucking expensive. It was like a billion dollar industry. Is that not really common? That like a chunk is specifically put aside from the insurance policy to pay for stuff like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So, you know, although her daughter is married, she's still probably got an insurance policy to cover for stuff like this. They wouldn't pay out. So she contacted an attorney to help her write a letter to the insurance company to claim the money. When he heard the circumstances about what had happened, he said he would do it free of charge, pro bono, yeah? He then did some digging. He's he's an attorney, but he seems to have been almost a, a bit of a PI. He, 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 was, he liked to go digging. And he found that the county coroner's file on Deanna's death was actually still open, hadn't been closed. That, he suspected, was really, really unusual because it, it should have... You know, it was supposed to be a simple death, but why was it still open a couple of years later? Poor policing, probably, rather than anything nefarious. Well... They probably just want to close the case. Oh, it's simple, she's dead. 
done. Yeah, yeah, but well, the police probably did. But while the coroner kept it open, I didn't know that they could keep it open and the police could close. I, I'd never heard of that. Probably separate investigations. One's criminal, one could be medical, or they're unsure about cause of death, or there might be something suspicious but can't prove it. Like, well, we'll get to again. This, we'll get to the suspicious stuff here. In the autopsy report, he managed to get his hands on the why and how the coroner's gave it over to him. Maybe because he was an attorney. But it showed that Deanna had something called Ellaville, which is an antidepressant in her system. She'd never been prescribed this. But like a lot of antidepressants, it caused drowsiness. Someone else that she did live with had been prescribed that. Bill. Now, Bill even stated that he thought Deanna may have accidentally taken, taken the drug, this Ellaville, thinking it was a pain painkiller. What? What? In their defence, it's a pill. If someone says, it's a, have you got paracetamol, whatever, ibuprofen, they give you a pill. Yeah, but nobody gave it. He didn't say, I gave her it. He said she may have taken it. As in, there's a bottle of pills on the side with your name on it. Why would I be taking a pill? With it? I don't know. I, 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 just, I just didn't buy I, that one. I think those weird loops of logic, though, it's like you see, you see someone like stumble over a wet floor sign. Uh, they don't fall over on the wet floor, but they stumble over the wet floor sign. And they think, oh, that's in the way. I'll move it. And they put the wet floor sign around the corner and someone walks around it and falls on the wet floor sign. You think, why the fuck wouldn't you put the wet floor sign back where it was? Dumb shit happens. That's yeah, probably that's a true. pill. They've probably seen a pill like that before that might have been painkillers. It could have been something else. Then they just assume it was that. Weird shit happens, right? I mean, of course, Bill could be lying for whatever reason or or he misquoted. There's loads of, there's loads of things that can be like, oh, something fucky happened and it's not actually dodgy at this point. I'm not defending them. I'm just saying. People are stupid sometimes. Yeah, there is that. But this coroner's report also showed that despite both Virginia and Bill saying that they didn't notice that Deanna was no longer there, you know, as shoes are there, but she's not, Deanna was wearing fake nails and they'd been broken and torn off. And now, we're going back to the 80s. Fake nails were not what they are now and they probably would have just been simple glue on ones normally they would have popped off and left they were stuck on with something like super glue and yes that would have bloody hurt why did why did she not shout for help but you do hear a case is it's a silent fall we do hear that but I, I wondered why was there supposedly no shouting but anyway all this to say she didn't just fall she caught herself and then her hands were either stepped on or hit with a rock, which forced her to let go, as there were wounds on the back of Deanna's hands. There was nothing on the palms where she would have been scrabbling. It was like she gripped with the tips of her fingers, ripped the nails off, and then somebody had hammered the back of her hands to make her let go. People can't see this right now, but Mother's almost sort of pantomime, miming what's going on. She's pretending to sort of grip onto a ledge. And I'm, in her head, I bet she's thinking, I've got fingernails on as well. And then, so she basically got Lion king off you the edge. You bet. Mufasa going onto the edge and Scar. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she basically got Lion King. She's attached yep. to the edge, and she's been knocked off. Yeah, because if the I don't think I mean you could argue that the forward have popped off the nails or whatever because you fell like five hundred foot. That's a big fucking cliff. Five hundred foot. That's a lot. Yeah. You could argue that the nails would have popped off at stuff like that, but why no, would they? They, they were the, torn the, when they were torn and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was only the backs of her hands that were what damaged, sort, not the fronts. What sort of body survives a five hundred foot fall? Because that's very very high. Well, you don't, do you? End of. No, no, no. I, I, I don't mean like what sort of person survives. I mean like what body sort of... Because I think the saying is like ants land, humans die, horses explode from the fall. So what would happen with a human body when they've fallen 500 foot? What's going to be left? 
Well, I'd never even heard that one about ants, humans, and horses, so I've got... No it's, it's irritational velocity. Like, if, if someone can't fall fast enough, it doesn't explode, but a human will. Well, I haven't got the autopsy... Fa- but, well, well you, I, I know you said 500 foot before, and I know I'm sort of fixating on that now, but I didn't, I didn't sort of acknowledge how... That's almost... A, that's... That's a hundred of you stacked on top of each other, 500 foot. I don't think there's going to be much left at the bottom. No, but the, well, there was enough, obviously, to do the autopsy and they could actually see that the damage was on the back of her hands. There was nothing on the palms. Nails had been torn off. But what had happened to the rest of her, don't know, unfortunately. So they, they, they think she may have been out of it from whatever the drugs, you know, this Ellaville stuff. And the investigators subsequently thought that Bill had probably slipped it to her at lunch before going to Big Sur. But even if she was a bit dopey, I would still would have thought she would have been yelling, but I don't know. So Virginia and Bill had said, remember we said that they'd gone to that life insurance company to get that policy that was going to pay out for Deanna's boyfriend that wasn't a boyfriend that was a fiancé that wasn't a fiancé. Can you do that with anyone regarding a life insurance policy? Can you just put one out or do you have to have a close relation or be that person yourself? I believe that used to be back then. There was a big problem back in the Victorian era where parents would have, you know, they'd have 10 children, couldn't feed them all. And they would take out small insurance policies, pay the little man that came around every week, you know, cup of soap me a week and then kill the kids off. It was a big thing. And they changed the law, certainly in the UK, about life insurance policies on children. What the the law would be in different countries, I'm not 100 percent sure on that one because it did it did occur to me at the time, but I don't think there's a blanket. Again, it's possibly why they were allowed to take because you could, any insurance company. What's going to stop me from putting life insurance policy out or like the old dude around the corner, and then when he dies, I get some money. Usually, these days, the person that is having the policy taken out on them has to sign it as well uh, yeah, to that, understand that, that, that they've got a policy that, you know, you round the corner is, is going to benefit from it. Virginia and Bill told that life insurance co- company that Deanna was their future daughter-in-law and was actually engaged to be married to James Coates. It's hard to prove with something like an engagement, though, that you're not engaged. You don't have Instagram and Facebook and stuff at this time, so... You couldn't argue that it was never posted anywhere. There's no proof of it. So I don't think that... But Virginia was with... Deanna was with them at the insurance company. And she, the insurance agent um, actually testified in, in a trial. And he said she was definitely there with them when they took out this policy because you wouldn't have signed it otherwise. And she didn't seem interested in the proceedings, which I thought was really odd. Um, I, did, I just thought it was a really odd thing. If you're taking life insurance policy out on someone... You don't know whether they told her it was for something or other else and she was just helping them out and she just didn't... How old is she at this point? Uh, 20. She's young. Yes. People think 20 is an adult, obviously 18, age 8, like you're considered legal, fully legally an adult, etc, etc. You're still a child. You are still like... You've just, yeah. So I don't think it's that hard to be led by someone and saying you're getting 20 now you know you're gonna you potentially gonna marry my son or whatever we gotta look after him as well in case something bad happens to you let's get this life insurance policy set up again she's young relatively innocent just sort of probably ignorant of what's what it, the, the implications of someone saying can i can i just take out a life insurance policy on you real quick and then we go up some cliffs See yeah, what happens. she she probably just didn't, didn't. You're, you're you're probably not gonna think that and she might not know about her potentially soon to be mother-in-law's previous life of constantly setting shit on fire 
Yeah, and exactly. She, and she's a bit dodgy with insurance stuff. So she probably doesn't know about that because my partner's parents wouldn't be telling me that and they, the, she might not know herself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think it's too far of a leap for that to happen when, because that's not what you're going to consider. You just aren't going to immediately think that this is sinister. No, exactly. You're not. Again, in hindsight, a wonderful thing, hindsight, Virginia asked this insurance agent two questions, which was slightly odd, but I guess he probably had not, he'd, he'd heard this before. She, What's the payout and where are the cliffs? Far off. She asked, is the policy in force when I sign the cheque, you know, to pay for it? And does it provide for accidental death? Later, we actually find out that the insurance company didn't actually pay this out. So that's one good thing that came out of it. Well, yeah. So Bill and Virginia said at the time of her death that Deanna had been taking photographs of sea lions. They're on cliffs, so 500 feet. You did not super top of the range cameras but you wouldn't they'd be blobs really big sea lions they'd be blobs but anyway there might be a fire anything there but they might have been on the beach taking pictures and it might be just like a gradual hike walk up to the top of these cliffs so you could have taken pictures of the sea lions no i've seen pictures of these cliffs it's is not, it just the, like the, for the, miles yes okay yes okay that didn't happen yes um, so police actually managed to get um, get their hands on these photographs and um, there were no photographs of sea lions on the camera on, on these films, there was nothing, so fine. At the beginning of the, the role of film, Deanna can be seen happy, enjoying the views of the ocean, but later she 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 looks off. That's the best way of describing it when you see these, these pictures. There's a photograph of Deanna stood with Bill. He's got his arms around her and she, Deanna looks, she looks spaced. And there's another photograph where you can see that Deanna and Bill, are, uh, they're both stood looking at the camera, but their backs are outwards facing the ocean and they're on the edge of the cliff. And Billy's looking sort of past Deanna towards the, the, the road. It turns out that that photograph was taken moments before Deanna went over. And later on, it seems that the prosecutors believe that Virginia took that photo as a keepsake to remember what they, they'd done. So she's taking the fact, and the, the implication is that Bill's, you know, just launched her off the cliff. That's the end of that one. So this attorney that I talked about, that the one that Deanna's mother had asked to help her to try and get this insurance payout so she could pay for her for child's funeral, um, he's trying to get the local police in the Monterey County to file charges, and they just wouldn't file charges against Bill and um, Virginia. They kept saying there's not enough evidence. Now this. Attorney, as I said, he was, he was he's, he missed a vocation with a private investigator, but I'm guessing an attorney pays better. He knew that they were actually running out of time for various um, things that he could try and get them to do. So, again, working pro bono, he filed a wrongful death suit against Virginia and Bill with days to spare before there was a statute of limitation things that was invoked. So it's, it's, it's like a basic private prosecution that we'd have in the UK. When that starts and there's enough evidence, the state usually takes over the private prosecution. But a wrongful death suit is usually filed by the families when they, they are absolutely convinced someone's guilty, but there's not in, the burden of proof is much lower than in a criminal prosecution. But sometimes it's enough to get stuff out there that the state can then actually still file charges afterwards. So Virginia, apparently she twice failed to appear in court for these charges. And the judge 
but eventually ruled against her and he ordered her to pay Deanna's family $250,000 plus interest for this wrongful death. Yeah, the burden of proof is lower than a criminal case. So in order to prove something that's a wrongful death, because mm-hmm. uh, I guess the, the implication isn't as um, damning as the criminal one, because criminal one is you actually get proper ramifications, i.e. prison time. I don't know where it is at the time, maybe death sentence, who knows, right? With the wrongful death one, that's just purely monetary aspect. So I guess, the, again, the implications are lower. So the burden of proof is lower as a result, right? You said the statute of limitations. Do you say what they are briefly, in case people don't know? The sta- sure statute they would. Why wouldn't they? It's a true crime podcast. Yeah, the statute of lim- limitations varies country to country, state to state, for different offences. And it's your time barred. So, say after six years, if you're not actually tried, you can be charged, but they're not actually tried. They just say, no, you can no longer be prosecuted. More often, murder ones are a lot longer these days. There isn't one. There isn't a statute of limitation on murder. I believe there is. I don't think there is. I've, I've heard that argument and uh, I, I've heard that and I've, in stuff they've said there's no statute of limitation on murder because then you could murder someone for like 60 years ago. You'd be like, oh, by the way, I did that. that I, don't, I don't think that could happen. And I, I know that the one on like motor vehicle crime is like six months, something. So if you're doing something fucky like doing donuts and you're recording on a GoPro, wait six months before you put it on Facebook or YouTube because then the police can go, that was dangerous driving. You can get in trouble. I think it's about six months. Again, it depends on where, yeah, yeah, doesn't exactly. it? I think that's in the UK at yeah. least it's about six months. Yeah, sorry, I, sorry. A lot of YouTubers that do uh, riding on bikes or whatever and they might be popping wheelies, they'll wait many months before uploading it because they can get in trouble for it. So Googling it really quickly, in California and most states, violent crimes generally have longer statute of limitations and some crimes, like murder, have no statute of limitations, meaning the government can file criminal charges for the alleged offence at any time. I thought that was the case. Why would there be one? Because then you say you could just put someone in the cupboard for 60 years and get away with it. But I did it, by the way. I, I am absolutely convinced that I've read somewhere, and again, it, it may have nothing to do with... It may be a country in Europe that's come up with it. I'm not sure. Because I know our law changed on double jeopardy. So that usually would be you've been tried, you've been acquitted of a murder charge and you can therefore no longer be tried again. You can in the UK, I can't remember when that came in, but it was if, if substantial new evidence came to light, yeah. you can. Yeah. But there's still there's still places that, you, no, you can't be done. And that's why they do. They they hop off the stand and go, nah, boo, I did it. The best example of that or the most pop example of that I can think of is the movie, I think it's Tommy Lee Jones. When he gets accused of murdering his wife, and then she isn't actually murdered, and then she tries to kill him, and he jumps inside like a dam or something, and then lives. But everyone thinks he's died. So then the time movie is like him going back to then kill his wife, who attempted to kill him. Because he's he already got charged with trying to kill his wife yeah. the first time, he then can't be recharged or something silly. I don't remember how the movie ends. There's a helicopter going over. It's a chase from an ice cream van, I suppose. So with this Monterey County, they're still refusing to press the charges, as I said. This attorney stroke PI, he approached the authorities in San Diego as the policy, uh, the insurance policy on Deanna's life had actually been bought in San Diego. So the district attorney decided to indict Virginia and her husband Bill for murder. So September the 15th, 1989, Virginia and Bill are arrested at the home in Pittsburgh, California. Um, they're held on $5 million bond each, which is the highest figure in California ever at that, at that time, 1989. So in 1991, Billy Joe McGuinness was charged with first-degree murder. 
you know, that's launching her off over the cliff. But he died from complications from pneumonia. From a fire. <laughs> no, from pneumonia before his trial died. It's all that smoke inhalation from marrying Smokey Magoo over there. So there was a bit of weirdness here. Virginia's first husband, the guy called Coates, who was then maybe this fiancé boyfriend's father, you know, this James, the guy that she, you know, he apparently... This, this first husband, they'd been divorced for many, many years. He committed suicide. He was due to testify at her trial. And I, I just... I just mm. yeah, you, you say the bail was set at five million. Did, I, did, the, could, the, neither of them could raise yeah, it. So, so you, how would his suicide have been before that? Because by saying uh, there, I assume you think that she would have done it or something. No, I just wonder what pushed him to commit suicide. Well, you, you don't know where his state was at the time. It could be completely separate from this. Yeah, it could it's, be, it's but an, I just I thought that was odd. But uh, briefly on the topic of the of bail, I really hate the principle of bail because it's if you're rich, it doesn't matter. In this, in the UK, it's completely different. It's the police that set bail, and it's not about money. No, it, but it, just do you see what I mean? If, yeah. If the punishment for crime is only monetary. Then, if you have money, there is no punishment for the crime. Yeah, I know some countries have bail and stuff and tickets and fines based on a percentage of income, but a lot of places don't because it should be separate from your personal means. It should be the crime is worth X amount, regardless. So, X X ticket is worth a thousand dollars, regardless of how much you earn, because that's how much the crime should be punished for. You know I, I, mean? I think I think I, I remember reading a case somewhere in Europe where they'd done that with. I think like, it was like Finland, one, one like speeding tickets. Got, it, was like, it was like a hundred grand or something like that. Yeah, and, driving and he was, a Ferrari or something. Yeah, and he's like, I don't care, I can pay it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, say so Bill's died, nineteen ninety one. He's dead. He's dead. Virginia goes on trial in January nineteen ninety two. So now the trial was moved, it's actually described as being moved outdoors for two days, so the jurors could go and look at the scene where Deanna fell. And that was some 450 miles north of San Diego, where this Big Sur is. We have, certainly in the UK, on occasions, juries do pile on a coach and they go and look at a crime scene. They go for a nice day out to the cliffs, well, enjoy it in the sun, have an ice cream. Apparently it was two days. and but it, This had never happened in California, apparently, oh, before. She, she died in Corfu. Oh, we've got to go over there. I, I can imagine how bloody difficult it was to actually set up a, a, a court, which has to be... And I mean, the logistics of getting those people yeah. out there would have been a bit of a pain I mean, in the And it's 450 miles away. It's a long, it's long, long difference, distance. So Now, the defence tried to portray Deanna, the victim, as a dope dealer. They said she'd steal Valium from her own mother and they said they would actually call her former husband, the one she may or may not have been getting a divorce from, as a defence witness to basically blacken the, the, the victim's character. So they were going to get her husband... Tarnish her record almost. Yeah, yeah. To, to stick up for Virginia. I mean, I get it. They must do everything they can for their client, but it, oh, I don't know, it just leaves a stain on the soul when you've got to try and do things like that, I think. So March the 2nd, 1992... The jury delivers a verdict of guilty of murder in the first degree with special circumstances, which actually meant she was eligible for the death penalty. But remember, it's 92, so the moratorium on death penalty, I don't think, was in there. And she also got slapped with forgery and forgery and fraudulent, fraudulent insurance claims. So March 20th, 1992. Deanna was actually sentenced to life without the parole for the murder of Deanna Hubbard Wilde. June the 25th, 2011, 
Virginia Reardon, aged 74, dies in prison of natural causes. So let's go and get a coffee and then we'll get into the case autopsy, shall we? So it's a little recap, um, as, we got, as we said before. Let's start with the inconsistencies. Said there's been a couple of films, plus all the usual true crime TV shows which have done an episode. What's the name of the films? Um, Murder at Big Sur was one of them, but I, I, there's just so many of them. There's, there's, there's so many of these um, really badly labelled true crime documentaries on all the usual suspect channels like ID and, and, and the rest of them. The listeners that have got those will know these ones. And I think that's probably where I remember seeing originally the photographs. And I've seen at least one book along with all the usual blog posts. And there's no two bloody programmes or blogs that tell the same version of the story. There's, there's, there's said there's no court records I could get my hands on. Bill, BJ, which I know you hate, in one place, again, as I said, he's... Well, that means blowjob. Yeah, I know. He's, he's, his other name's Mike, and they refer to him as Mike, but it's not backed up anywhere else. Everywhere else calls him Bill or BJ. They, they often describe De- Deanna as a roommate, and there's others. She was living with her boyfriend's parents. If she parents. was a roommate, you wouldn't be able to get life insurance policies and no. all stuff like that and yeah there's it, it, there's a massive Probably, different yeah. dynamic to the relationship so the dynamic with bill and virginia is really really odd in many places it's described as her boyfriend's parents um her future in-laws and other ones they describe her as a roommate most often they describe her as a roommate but there's a massive difference in the dynamic to the relationship with a roommate uh, to, or friends living together to to your future in-laws. Again, she's she's even described as a close family friend. Yet according to her sister, she said that Virginia and Bill badgered Deanna to move in and that they were weird, and that's a direct quote. Now, this relationship with James, Virginia's son from her first marriage, was odd. Again, Deanna's sister said that James wasn't anyone special and she hoped to reconcile with her husband. So... That's even more odd, the dynamic in that relationship again. Some places said that Deanna's divorce had been going on a year. Others said neither she nor her husband had filed. Now, he's a sailor. There's no mobile phones or emails back then, so it can't have been easy to file. Why would she move in with them? Was she working? Don't know. Her sailor husband that she may have split up from, is he out at sea during all of this? Did he know they'd split? Not like she could call him and tell him, you know. Would they have had naval housing? If so, why would she leave it? It's all proper messy. So why the heck would she take out life insurance on herself and make this son James the beneficiary and Bill and Virginia as secondary beneficiaries? Why not her own parents? And if she was really going to get back with her husband, why not him? Again, I I know we said she was only 20 years old. She may not have thought through this. if she's being led by and almost exploited by this by her partner's parents she's not going to do that if she's sort of being exploited and things are being twisted and manipulated so she's not going to think that yeah i know it's it's all over the place there was one book it even said that that virginia's son james that may or may not have been this boyfriend was actually along for the hike and again it was only one place that said that nowhere else where they ever mentioned that james was with him it's same as him being at the insurance firm when they got the policy. That's Again, that's out there. That is plain wrong. He was actually in prison for violating his parole. 
again, that's what I said. He, he, he Why prob- was he on parole? He, uh, yeah, goodness knows what parole for what. But he couldn't have been. We don't know. It's not. It's not given anywhere. I, I, I was going to ask about this because there wasn't particularly much detail on James, or there wasn't even that much detail on Diana. No. Throughout the entire thing, and like that's something that I have it, have issue with in general. Like true crime stuff as a whole is I want like a greater picture. I want more sort of background story, like almost lore, if you will, almost like a full detailed yeah. description of everyone. You kind of can't get that, I guess, because not everyone's life is out there to find that. But James wasn't really mentioned much in it. Where is he in this entire process? Is he used as a witness or anything like that on the during well, cases? Apparently, he did pop up as a defence witness for his own mother. But quite what you could say, I don't know. He wasn't there when they went on the hike. He wasn't there when they got the insurance policy. It could be used to say something like their relationship was good or bad or... Yeah. Yeah, Diana was a bit of a, a whatever... She, she she was a methine or whatever they tried to call her. Yeah, they yeah they said she was a dope dealer, you know, or a drag ad, drug dealer, stolen her own mother's or grandmother's valium or something. So there was even a quote from Virginia's lawyer that he was going to get Deanna's husband, the one that she wasn't definitely wasn't divorced from, to appear for the defence. Um, I, I don't know if that was true. It was just thrown out uh, out there, and he got mixed up with her own son even. But apparently, he never actually did appear. In some places, it said that Deanna's mother was the one that got the, these infamous photographs direct from Virginia and noticed there was something off with the pictures of Deanna. And that's why she asked this attorney to step in to help to try and get the insurance policy sorted out. Again, it's inconsistencies all over the place. Why did why would Virginia give the photographs to Deanna's mother? Or did she keep a copy for her own pleasure, which is the, what the police said that to effect that, that she actually did? I don't know whether why she would have said that the film was corrupt or the camera was broken. Why she? I don't know. One really big red flag I found in one place, one place only. Deanna was afraid, was afraid of heights. Now falling off a cliff. At least three people die in the previous year falling off the cliffs at the Grand Canyon, taking photos on their phone, which possibly goes to explain the initial reaction that they thought it was an accident. I suffer with with vertigo. I'm happy to admire of you, but no way in heck am I heading towards a bloody great big cliff area with no barriers whatsoever. So she's, I can't believe she would have voluntarily stood there without. Or well, if if you said that she'd been taking some some of some form of antidepressants, so she's she was with that they believe she was fed yeah, it by Bill. And yeah, well, she's taking it, been given it. Like the mm. outcome's the same. You, she's sort of impaired in other ways. Yeah. She, it might not be the same. You, if, if you're taking it for the first time or whatever and you don't know what it is, you don't know how strong it is, it could send you sideways where you'd be doing shit that you don't expect that, like just yeah. hanging off a cliff. Yeah. Go, uh, it goes back to, yeah, it goes back to the damaged back of her hands and her broken nails, which is the thought that Virginia probably pounded on the back of her hands with a rock, but because they thought it was an accident, nobody ever looked for a rock with, perhaps skin or blood on it or anything. No, nobody checked the scene for that. That insurance policy, it was actually said it was deliberately fairly low value so the insurance company wouldn't investigate it or, or flag it. I mean, dying 24 hours after taking it out usually is a massive red flag. And even though Virginia actually asked the insurance guy that question, so I'm surprised they didn't take it to authorities. Maybe they did and the police just ignored it. I get really paranoid when I take out a new car insurance. Driving the next couple of days because I'm like, fuck, if I crash, they're not going to do anything. They won't believe me. I had that happen to me. I, I, I bought a new car, got it insured, different insurance company, um, wrapped it round a railings, 
well, it was a lot wider than I was used to and I reversed out and it didn't go well. And when I tried to claim, they were really, really funny with me. And it was six weeks. It was six weeks after they tried to claim my car was all sorts of weirdness and they came and inspected it. They eventually paid out um, because it was com obviously completely and utterly leg legit. The paint was still on the railings at the place where I'd done it if yeah. you wanted to go and have a look. But I, I would never touch that insurance company with a barge pole ever again. So going back to this one, Bill's death whilst awaiting trial. Remember, this is the early 1990s, yeah? It's said in near enough all places it was pneumonia that took Bill off. But in one place, I found the course of death being given as AIDS, which we know from last week, um, using the term pneumonia was actually very, very common in AIDS death. So going to, going to a couple of other things. The, the, there were the inconsistencies, but the arson for profit seems hard work, dangerous, not a lot of profit, maybe. What do you think? Arson as a fetish, you know, pyromaniac. Is that a possibility? What do you think? I know we mentioned it before, almost, it's almost like Munchausen syndrome where she's starting fires, there's stuff happening, it's, she's getting the attention she wants, blah, 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 by setting a fire and then apparently the fire, the, the, <laughs> the firemen not doing a good enough job and putting the house out and then it immediately catching on fire again within two days or whatever and then to get more money, like 250k from it. I think it was something like that, wasn't it, that she got... She, she she they offered um one eighty five and I think she got no the got yeah yeah it was eighty five k to bought the first yeah. one or whatever and then it was yeah. like three hundred plus for the next thing whatever something like that that's clearly a monetary incentive at that point because it is it isn't doing it for attention because you've already got the attention your house was just set on fire but then it wasn't enough you were hoping that they would give you the money the first time and then subsequently the second time you got loads of money from it if it keeps happening she's setting barns on fire constantly her child got is it hung or hanged. Because I know, because is it men that are hung, but meat is hanged? Or is it the other way around? No, I think you're right. I think you're right. The child the child was was found hanged. Again, insurance policy thing coming out. This this woman has had a, a repeated instance of having about six, 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 probably six to eight insurance policy things that are coming back for her to get money, sort of at different intervals in her life, just to constantly get this stream of income. It looks so fucky that I, I think she's just doing it for money. I don't think she's doing it for any other purpose. I, I absolutely, I've got that written down. That's exactly what I agree with. I said, I think it was all about money and there was no, absolutely no emotional attachment to anyone ever. Her mother died, her child died, her husband died that they suspect she helped on, on his way. With, certainly with cancer, you know, the drugs that they can be given. It's very, if you're home nursing them, you can help yeah, them on yeah, the way. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. yeah. And it's like it, her mother's... These days, record-keeping is that much better between insurance companies. They share information if there is something strange going on. You know, this person's had a claim for this, this person's had a claim for that. So it's much easier to track if somebody's actually trying to do... Um, it's almost like um, cash-for-crash type stuff, isn't it? Whiplash. That's much harder yeah. to get a claim on whiplash now. And it's, it's hard to prove. You're getting a little dent, you say it's whiplash, you get like a 10-grand payout. But then now they do proper investigations and stuff like that. And you actually have to go to physio and have all this kind of stuff like yep. that. On top of which they don't, they didn't used to do. No, they did used to literally pay it out, and it would somebody would come back and say, "Oh, you bumped me six weeks ago, and I've been in agony." And the insurance company go, "They go pile of cash, go yeah, away." So, yeah, I don't think it's for any other reason other than the money. And then it just sort of escalated, escalated to the point where now instead of it being fires, there are kids dying, and there are like. Uh, child's fiance is dying, push off a cliff, using my husband in it as well. 
stuff like that. Like I, I so where I was going to ask was James involved in the insurance when the insurance thing was given to them to get the claim on them if it was again how much of it do you think it's been manipulated but he's thinking okay yeah it makes sense for my partner to get an insurance policy out on them because if they die i want money it makes sense right or could it be he's in on it as well but then you, you don't necessarily want to assume the worst you've got to think how's it actually going to be he wasn't there for the for the pushing as it were yeah again pushed off the cliff you don't not might not know about that but then he's also there to defend his mother so it could be like that's what you would do in that instance is you'd assume that your mother, your caregiver is going to be the one that's, the caregiver, I mean literally like a parental figure, would be the one that's going to do well for you and not push your partner off a cliff. So it's difficult. It's difficult to do that. And that's where like having some past information on James. But then you say he was in jail at the time for doing stuff with his parole. So you don't necessarily want to tie him with the brush of being a bad figure. He's doing bad shit constantly. That's why he's in parole. You don't know what it is. It could be a speeding ticket that he didn't pay. And then you got going to prison, and then he's, then you might do something. To I don't think he could have been in the navy anymore at that point, though, could he? Because I don't think they um, would have allowed him to uh, serve a prison sentence in the normal. It, it could be like a military prison type thing. Could done some, done something fucky yeah. there. It could be for um, how's it? It could be for like getting with Diana at the time, but. It, well, yeah, that I mean, that can be the really but, serious. But then, events, why yeah. would it, why would she then have moved in with the family when they were at like the, I know. the fledgling part of their relationship? I think there's the the problem is you've got Diana's children. Well, Diana's son. Uh, sorry, Diana. Diana's mother is trying to find out what happened to her daughter. Her sister is defending her. You've got Virginia's son is defending his mother who somehow or another knows Deanna but he's probably there's a lot of people not telling the whole story these myths and inconsistencies are perpetrated all the way down the line nobody seems to be able to check any of these if you could get your hands on the court, court transcripts you've got a hope of I hope in some of these these films actually did it but these documentaries I remember watching at least one if not two of them and you think you've got an hour of this and it's, again, it's like when I decided to we'll pick a case to do, you think that'll that'll do as an hour. But when you realise you've got an hour, but then you're taking out four lots of adverts that we get in the UK. And loads of padding from in, interviewing family members and stuff like that. that you, it whittles down to about 20 minutes of the yeah. actual information of the case. And they, they, a lot of it's the, the dramatisation where it's them fighting with really bad actors or actors that are like far more attractive than the people originally. Yep. And it's and then when you actually look at the details of the case yourself, you're kind of like, well, that is kind of fucky. It's kind of interesting, but it's very different than how it's being perpetrated on television. I had a question as well. You said something about her falling off the cliff and it's in such like an obvious place or something, didn't you, at the yeah. start? Yeah, yeah. If you're trying to make a, a crime look legitimate, it makes sense to do it in, yeah. a, in, a, in a big open space because then you, a defence would be, of course I didn't do it, that'd be fucking stupid to push someone yep. off a cliff in broad daylight in a really touristy spot or whatever, really public spot. That makes sense. I'm not saying that's something you should do because the chances of you getting caught are much, much higher, but it is also a defence in itself. Yeah. So that, that could make sense. That's I just think that's exactly what they did do. What was the... Do you know what the total sum of money was that Virginia had gotten from all these different insurance things? The house burning down with her mother that we talked about. That they, got, they were after... It was, it was 85k, then they rebuilt the house and it was like 200 plus k, but yeah. what was the... The total amount because like a child dying. Oh and then... no, we don't know how much she got paid out for the other arsons and a child dying. We don't yeah, know I'm, that. I'm just wondering a, a total sum of money. How much? What sort of no. value you'd be approaching at the time? No, even if she was alive and she would have been, she would have agreed to talk to somebody to, who actually wanted to write her life story. Who knows whether she would have told the truth about any of it? 
that's that's the problem um and i think that's it. i think there was there's probably she's probably got other i want to say skeletons in her closet but you, you know where i'm coming from with it there's probably other hey, there's, stuff there's, there's much more stuff dodgy stuff in the past probably yeah there's a lot of stuff so everyone thank you very much for listening to the murder me monday podcast you can find us on twitter and instagram at murder me monday podcast and we should be about next week because there's no football or hot weather i think so yeah see you next time much love peace